from the National Press Club in Washington, D.C., this is Update One, the club's official podcast. It features newsworthy stories originating from the NPC facilities, as well as broader topics related to journalism, communications, press freedom, and transparency. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Update One. This is your host, Shannon Fisher. American Legion Post 20 is headquartered right at the National Press Club. And we have the commander of American Legion Post 20, Tom Young, um, who is a, a decorated, now retired Air National Guard flight engineer, who's also a journalist, novelist, and nonfiction writer. And he is our guest today to talk to us about this post and to tell us about the American Legion. Tom, welcome. Well, thank you, Shannon. I certainly appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and uh, and your listeners here. Yes, as you mentioned, a lot of people uh, might be surprised to know that there is an American Legion post affiliated with the National Press Club, and it's been there for more than a century. One of the oldest Legion posts, it was chartered in 1919 at the suggestion of famed World War I General John Blackjack Pershing. He was a member, an associate member of the National Press Club at the time, and uh, he was very active in, in promoting the new American Legion. And in, when it came to public affairs, he was no dummy. He knew that uh, there were a number of journalists who were veterans of World War One, and he thought it would make a lot of sense for uh, the uh, National Press Club to have an American Legion post, and that would help. Uh, spread the the message of the American Legion and put put its issues at the forefront. So, post twenty at the National Press Club goes all the way back to nineteen nineteen. That is amazing, and I understand there was a centennial celebration at the club, and that the cake was cut by a naval officer's sword, which I think is so cool. So, tell me a little bit about the American Legion. What was the purpose of founding the organization, and how has that evolved into what the Legion is today? Well, the best answer I can give for that would be to refer to the American Legion mission statement and. Uh, it begins uh, to enhance the well-being of America's veterans, their families, our military, and our communities by our devotion to mutual helpfulness. Uh, the Legion uh, promotes veteran welfare. It promotes uh, knowledge of uh, civics and our form of government, uh, good citizenship. Just to give you a, a rundown of just a few of the Legion's programs, that includes uh, something called Boys State and Girls State, which uh, gives young people uh, education and uh, experience in civics. They learn things like how bills are passed and so forth. Oh, cool. Uh, there are also uh, oratorical contests where young people give uh, orations on some aspect of the U.S. Constitution with an emphasis on a citizen's duties and obligations to our government and so forth. Uh, also, to, to help promote veterans' issues and to have a little fun, there's the American Legion Riders for motorcycle owners. Uh, I am not a biker, but I enjoy seeing the American Legion Riders and, and other veterans' motorcycle groups as they rumble past. 
That sounds like fun. Well, so it sounds like a, it, it, it's meant to help both veterans and the community at large. I love that, that it helps with veteran services and with teaching civics, because I think we can never instill enough lessons about civics to our children and our community. Exactly. Um, the, the post at the National Press Club. So you were elected commander this summer. What do you do um, in that role at the post? Well, it was certainly an honor to be elected uh, commander. Our post has some very illustrious members. It has been uh, commanded in the past by some very illustrious people. Our past commanders uh, include uh, McClendon Youth Service founder uh, Sarah McClendon and uh, former National Press Club President John Cosgrove. Mm -hmm. uh, more recently, our, our recent commanders have been Navy veterans uh, Jim Noon and Ken DeLecky, uh, who both did a fabulous job of leaving that post, and those are big shoes to fill. Wow. So to give a little bit of information about our month-to-month -month activities, every other month we have a meeting in the McClendon Room in the National Press Club. We uh, usually have a guest speaker to uh, speak on a particular issue of interest to veterans. It might be uh, someone uh, speaking on uh, a military issue or a, a veterans issue. Uh, on occasion, we've also done uh, what I call field trips to uh, sites of, uh, of interest to veterans. Uh, not too many years ago, we did uh, a, a great trip to visit the Navy Yard in Washington. Uh, there have been trips to Civil War battlefield sites, and uh, uh, we hope there's more of that on the horizon for us. Definitely. So it's there's it sounds like there's a lot of continuing education and continuing information about what is happening in combat around the world. Now you have combat experience. You're a, a flight combat veteran. You've served in Afghanistan, Iraq, and you've flown missions in Bosnia, Kosovo, and cargo missions all over the world. Tell me a little bit about uh, how your military experience has has shaped you. Well, uh, when, you, when you serve in the military in any capacity, and especially if you serve in the military uh, in wartime, it, it, it certainly becomes uh, a part of you, uh, a part of your psyche. Uh, I, I would hasten to add that as far as veterans of Iraq and Afghanistan are concerned, I had it pretty easy. I uh, was lucky enough uh, to be in the airlift business. Uh, I, I was with crews that that did come under fire, but none of us were hurt. Uh, we did not experience some of the awful things that uh, infantry troops and so forth go through. So um, my, uh, my experience of war was uh, not nearly as awful as what some people have to go through, but it, but it did give me an idea of what other people were going through. For example, when we were transporting the wounded and that sort of thing. And sure. it, uh, it certainly gives you an education in in the uh, in the sacrifices that that military personnel make, uh, it's it's certainly something that that stays with you uh, all your life. I would imagine so. Yes, I mean you. Th those are those are sites that very few people will ever get to see, and 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 it's very different seeing a a, a photograph of something happening in wartime and actually being there and experiencing it and and saving the lives of wounded soldiers. So it's um, I, I I would imagine that that really does kind of shape your your worldview. And you're 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 also a journalist, and so you you. 10 years with the Associated Press, which is, I imagine, what brought you to the National Press Club. So how did that military service kind of, how did that come to your work as a journalist? 
Well, it's a funny story. In, in a way, my work as a journalist led me to the military. Ah. Uh, back during the uh, first Gulf War, uh, you know, we remember uh, Operation Desert Shield, which turned into Operation Desert Storm uh, back when uh, Saddam Hussein first invaded uh, Kuwait. At that time, right. yeah. uh, I, was, I was not yet in the military in any capacity, but I was, I was interested in the military and I was interested in flying. Mm-hmm. And when Guard and Reserve units began to get activated uh, that summer, uh, the summer of uh, Desert Shield, at the AP, we did a lot of feature stories that I thought were pretty interesting about people who uh, were living what I thought were very interesting double lives. Uh, they had their civilian careers, and then they were also serving in the Guard and Reserve. Yeah. And Desert Shield was the first time since the Korean War that Guard and Reserve troops had been uh, called up in large numbers. So uh, we had stories about, you know, for example, uh, I remember an attorney who was a senior NCO in the Marines, uh, and he got called up. But there was one story that struck me in particular. It was about a television reporter, I think in Louisiana, who was, a, who was also a pilot in the uh, Air National Guard or the Air Force Reserve. He was an A-10 attack jet pilot, and he was a journalist. And I thought, well, heck, if he can do that, I can do that too. Sure. So I joined the I joined the Air National Guard and became a flight engineer and uh, thoroughly enjoyed that experience. It really is amazing the the double lives of people who are in in reserve branches of the military because you you're 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 living your your life you've got your profession and then you just never know when your number is going to be called up and you're going to be serving in active duty and so. So who is eligible for membership with the American Legion? That's a good question, Shannon. Uh, and if you have served at least one day of active military duty since 1941, which would include pretty much all of us uh, who've been in the military now, yes. uh, and you are honorably discharged or you are still serving active military duty honorably, you're eligible for membership with the American Legion. Excellent. So that is a that is a lot of people who are are eligible, and I'm sure that these these services are 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 very appreciated. Absolutely. And that so this must be a, a camaraderie when you get together with other members of the Legion. You guys have such a a shared history that other people really can't begin to imagine. Uh, what does the Legion mean to you? It's uh, it's a way of continuing the brotherhood and sisterhood of military service. Um, When I retired from the military, uh, someone gave me some good advice. Uh, He said, you're going to miss the camaraderie, but by joining a group like the American Legion, you can get a lot of it back. And that has certainly been the case. Uh, It, it, uh, you know, there are no bonds like those formed during military service and, uh, and, through veterans groups like the Legion, you can keep that as part of your life. Excellent. And 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 now you stepped into to leadership in that realm, and you have the opportunity to um, impact the lives of lots of people who are, are seeking that same that same fellowship and that same shared bond. So we at the National Press Club thank you for for heading American Legion Post Twenty. How many posts are there total? I would have to look that up. I'm not sure how many Legion posts there are nationwide, but yeah. they're uh, they're all over the place. There are several just in the D.C. area. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because one thing I would like to emphasize is that 
Our post is open to anyone eligible for Legion membership. You do not have to be a member of the National Press Club. And okay. our meetings are open to anyone in the National Press Club. You don't have to be a, uh, a Legion member. So, for oh. example, if you're interested in, in whatever guest speaker we have at a given meeting, you're mm -hmm. welcome to uh, join us for that meeting, whether you're a member of the Legion or not. Great. That is very good to know. And so you are you are a, a, a commercial airline captain and you're also a novelist and you've written some nonfiction books and your books really kind of tell the story through the eyes of real military service. So what what inspired you to 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 bring that to the written word? Well, I uh, had always been interested in writing fiction uh, when mm -hmm. I was studying uh, journalism uh, in college at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I also took courses in uh, creative writing. And after college, along the way, while I was working as a journalist, I also wrote short stories. And I got the occasional short story published in uh, literary magazines here and there, but I never had a good idea for a novel that I could really sink my teeth into until after 9-11 uh, and my unit got activated and we eventually started flying uh, in and out of Afghanistan and then later Iraq. And that gave me plenty of material to work with. And uh, that Smart. became the inspiration for my first novel, The Mullah's Storm, uh, which turned into a series of six books set in present-day conflicts. And then when that series ended, uh, I turned to historical fiction. I'd always had an interest in World War II, uh, and my latest two novels uh, have been stories set in World War II, and I'm working on another World War II novel right now. Oh, fantastic. So you've got quite a prolific writing uh, history with it in, involving your history and American history, which I think is, I mean, I, I think that history is so undervalued in our society today. Uh, everything is everything is now and everything is what is current. And we forget all of the lessons that history can teach us uh, both personally as a society. And so I think it's great that you're that you're keeping all that alive and keeping your creative juices flowing while making maintaining your connection to your history. Well, Commander, American Legion Commander, Tom Young, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. It's been a pleasure to speak with you. And for Update One at the National Press Club, this is Shannon Fisher. See you next time. You have been listening to Update One, the official podcast of the National Press Club the world's leading professional organization for journalists and a vigorous advocate of press freedom worldwide. If you have any questions or comments about Update One, send an email to updateonepodcast at gmail.com.